Praise God. Hallelujah. Church said amen. amen. What a blessing. Um, I commend you. I think it's been mentioned, but I had the privilege of being back there during the singing tonight instead of up here, and so I can hear you better from back there than from up here. And God bless you as you open your heart in worship. What a blessing. What an honor. I want to just take a moment, too, and just honor this dear brother and the influence that he's had in our life and um, the blessing that he has been, the encourager that he has been over all these years. And then also just, uh, you know, you might see our family up here and you know, we're all maybe dressed up and all of that, and you think, wow, they just have it all together all the time. Well, let me just tell you, we don't. <laughs> we have our issues just like everybody else. We go through hard times. We go through disagreements. At times, we have intense moments of fellowship, <laughs> you know. But by God's grace, by, by, by God's grace, we do purpose to not go public with unresolved conflict between us. We do purpose that in our heart. And granted, there's times when there's, you know, ongoing processing maybe that needs to happen, but uh, and there's literally sometimes just seconds or minutes before you walk up front for one, one can go to the other and say, hey, you know what, my attitude wasn't right, or I didn't come through properly, or we go through those things. It's okay. We're so far from perfect but I've heard Brother Nelson say, uh, God uses people who fail because there are no other kind. <laughs> Sorry if I stole your thunder, but you, kinda pre you were starting to preach my sermon tonight. That, you, you, you did, right? Yeah, but that, that, that's great. You know, preaching ministry, it's not competition. We're here to uh, egg each other on. Hallelujah. Encourage each other. Hallelujah. We do it in ball games and we do it in sporting events. We, yeah, yeah. Hallelujah. Go. What about in the kingdom of God? Preach it, brother. Hallelujah. Yes. We're here to support and encourage each other. All to the glory of God. Hallelujah. No competition in this. We are here to root for one another, to build each other up in the kingdom and in the faith. Oh, hallelujah. That just that gets me pumped. Is that, is that okay? Hallelujah. That gets me going. Hallelujah. Open your Bibles to the Old Testament, Jeremiah 23, if you will, tonight. I want to begin with two verses, several questions we want to ask here tonight. Jeremiah chapter 23 in verse 23 and verse 24. I was debating how to title this message. I gave it this title, The Secret Places of Our Life. The secret places of our life, whether we want to acknowledge it or not, we probably all have a secret life. But what does my secret life look like? We want to talk specifically tonight about two secret places. There could be more. The first one is going to be more on the negative, but we are going to end up on a secret place tonight that my heart just pumps for, because there is a good secret place we want to talk about tonight, not just the bad secret places. Uh, and the verse that was on the screen, everything that is hidden will eventually be brought into the open. And every secret, you're going to hear the word, uh, not only from me, but in Scripture, you're going to hear the word secret and secret place us. Uh, uh, in, in, in a lot of the Scriptures we're going to look at tonight, the word secret and place or place us are right next to each other. Sometimes the word secret is used by itself without the word place or place us. So you're going to hear tonight, the word secret you're going to hear a lot about tonight as we go through the message here. In case you don't have your Bibles, I do have these verses on the screen as well. But in Jeremiah 23, verse 23 and verse 24, let's read it here tonight. Am I a God at hand, saith the Lord, and not a God afar off? Can any hide himself in, say it with me. There it is plural, places. Can any hide himself in secret places that I shall not see him? No. Saith the Lord. Do not I fill heaven and earth? Saith the Lord. 
Father, would you bless the reading of your word tonight as we look not only at this passage, but other scriptures as well, as we anticipate how the Holy Spirit wants to take this word tonight and minister it to every heart according to the need thereof. So we rest in that. In Jesus' name, amen. So a few questions. Am I a God at hand, saith the Lord, not a God afar off? Can he hide himself in secret places that I, I, shall, not, excuse me, I shall not see him? Now I believe that we all know tonight that we could never go any place, uh, think any thought, or do anything that God doesn't know. He fills heaven, he fills earth, and everything in between. He knows everything all the time. In fact, not only every thought we think, he knows the intent of the thought before we even think it. Now, to many people, I find that, that this is not a, that's, it, it's kind of a negative thing. Couldn't I just do a little something that I could just be all alone and nobody knows? We can do that with people, but not with God. That is a good thing. To know that we serve such an awesome God, that He's all-knowing all the time. The very motives of our heart, the very motives of our thoughts, the intent of the thoughts. He knows our thoughts before we think them. Wow, what a God. And that God is in us if you're born again. What a God we serve. But somehow we, at times, we want this idea that, well, couldn't I just do this little secret thing or sin that we want to dabble in that, God, wouldn't you just stay out of this? <laughs> The truth of the matter is, no, mu no matter how much we, we wish for that, it is never going to be reality. Never going to be reality. God knows and God sees. Someone said this, the power of sin is in its secrecy. Think about that for just a moment. What does that look like? I remember when I heard that, I was like, okay, Lord, what does that mean? The power of sin is in its secrecy. You know that I find as we go from place to place, church to church, that many in the body of Christ find themselves in some secret place of bondage or sin and feel trapped and feel that they can't get out of it. I wish we could say that's only for the non-believers. But it's right among us. You want revival to happen? Yeah, we all want revival to happen. We're going to look tonight at how revival can happen in this or how it can continue. But many people find themselves in this secret place and they feel, they feel trapped. Well, I pray tonight by the, by the end of this message that somehow the Holy Spirit, if we feel trapped, that the, the Holy Spirit will untrap us. Untrap. Is that, is that proper English? Honey, oh, she's back there going like that. Well, you, you, you got the point. You know, one thing about my wife and I, we do things in signs and wonders. She's back there signing and I'm up here wondering, but we'll just leave that. I mean, I'm not making light of that scripture. That's taken way out of context. But, but you know, we, we get the point. I mean, my, my family, man, they're my greatest cheerleaders, but they're, they're my greatest critiquers, but they're my greatest cheerleaders. How is that? You know, they, there's some, oh, Dad, you used that word tonight, or, or this, this slipped out, or, or I said, I said, I did? I actually said that? Yeah, yeah, you did. You did. Okay, well, thank you for, for telling me. You know, we, we have a, we, we, I, I thank God for that. I need that. I need, or sometimes they'll come to me and say, you know, Dad, I, I heard exactly what you said, but maybe if you would present it this way, it would be received better. We have that. I want that. I welcome that feedback in my life. Thank God for that. Thank God for that. They're my greatest critiquers, but my greatest cheerleaders. Hallelujah to the glory of God. But some of them, so many, we feel trapped in the secret place of sin. But I pray the Holy Ghost will untrap us tonight. Not only untrap us, but remove all the shame. You know, there's, it, it, it's just amazing to me. How many in the church today, this is not only men, but it's men and women, you know, they, they have these secret places of, of, uh, of pornography and things. In fact, last night, a gentleman came up to me and he, and he, he said, let me, let me just share with you where I used to be. And he, he, he was sharing with me how he had this secret thing, but his wife knew nothing about it, but he had this secret place 
And he had no idea about the message tonight. We weren't even talking about that. In fact, I was still praying into what the message will be tonight. But he's right back there. And he, he's sharing with me how, how he used to be uh, trapped and how he used to, 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 to do this secret stuff behind his wife's back. And nobody knew until one day. In fact, I, I'm just going to tell him what he said, brother. He said he was in the truck going down the road somewhere. And he was listening to the radio. And he couldn't remember what station. But he said, this guy came on and was preaching the word. And it's what brought him. It wasn't at that moment, but it was a seed that was planted that brought him to repentance. And he said, you were the preacher. God bless you. And he used that to say, guys, keep on preaching. You never know the impact. Keep on preaching. You never know. Friend, there is hope in Jesus Christ. No matter how trapped we feel, no matter how discouraged we feel, no matter how we feel that we could never be free from the secret place of sin, there is hope in Jesus Christ. We never have to leave a place feeling defeated. But you know, there's, there, 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 there's so many that, that, that feel that they're trapped in the secret sin of, a sin of pornography. And you know, the power of sin is in secrecy. If we go there often enough, stay there long enough, there is a power that grips us, but it's not the right power. So we want a power transfer here tonight. That we don't give in to this kind of power, but another power that we will find in another secret place. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You know... Uh, I find this so interesting. Now, I, 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 will, I will say this, declare it into the spirit world as a testimony to God. Since May of 1991, since that night when I gave my life to Jesus Christ, the power of God and only the power of God in me has kept me from porn. It's kept me. Only the power of God. I'm not boasting in myself. I'm not boasting in my own strength. I'm boasting in the Lord Jesus Christ, the power and the anointing and the filling baptism of the Holy Spirit that has kept me all these years. And I trust Him to continue to keep me. By His power and by His grace, we are kept. I give you hope. Remember a friend some years ago on a Sunday night, we were had company over and we were sitting around the table eating popcorn on a Sunday night. Is, is that a New York thing? Okay. Pop, okay. I didn't see any hands. I just heard some. I, I, oh, yeah, there's a few hands. Okay. We're sitting around the table and we're eating popcorn. Of course, for Nelson, it's not only Sunday night. I mean, that's pretty much. Anyway. Now, I'll tell you this. He doesn't love popcorn. He enjoys it. You might hear some of that sometime. But we were sitting around the table. We're eating popcorn. And, and my friend was telling me about his friend whom I didn't know. He said, you know, he called him that week, and he's just down in the dumps of discouragement. And he said, I got victory in every area of my life except one area, and that's pornography. He just, he just felt like he couldn't find victory. You know, we can be as free as we want to be. But let me, let me just share this. You don't have to agree with this. But I'm finding as I work with people that when we find ourselves in these secret places of sin, bondage, just feel like we're trapped, we can't get rid of it, often that is only a surface issue. I want you to think about it just a little bit. A person that continually goes to, it's, it's a go-to mechanism. Some people go to porn, some people go to alcohol, some people go to smoking, some people go to drugs, some people go to overeating, some people go to just all kinds of stuff. And when you start digging into the, to the root issue of things, you start finding that this is only the coping mechanism. This is their go-to place. So when you start looking into the root and you, you bring Jesus into their hurt and their pain of their past and, and their unfulfilled things, their negative emotions in their heart, you watch Jesus minister healing to that. These other things kind of fall by the wayside because they're coming to the healer. So there could be emotions like this. I, I made a list. Or our emotions identify what we believe. Think about it. There are, and these are only a few. There are many today in the church, they feel like, oh, we're just not good enough. We will never measure up. We will, we will never amount to anything. Maybe somebody even told you that. And that has affected their life to the point where that's how they feel about who they are. 
And so therefore, because I'm not good enough, I go to this, I go to that. I go to porn, I go to alcohol, I go to smoking, I go to overeating. I, I just go to all those kind of things. And we can preach on pornography all night long. But if they're not healed from this emotion, this negative emotion, they find themselves right back in the secret place. And before long, they, 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 they feel like we're trapped. The power of sin is in its secrecy. But if they find healing in this, maybe another negative emotion could be something like this. They feel controlled or they feel alone. Nobody cares about me. They feel misunderstood. Ever, feel, ever felt misunderstood? What we believe, we, we start believing these little lies about ourselves or about what somebody said or maybe there's unfulfilled marriages. Those kind of things. So I pray tonight that if we find ourselves in the trap of pornography or whatever addiction, whatever addiction, we find ourselves there. Holy Spirit, would you show me if there is a deeper root going on in my heart that needs healing? And you watch that go-to mechanism vanish by the wayside because we come to the healer, Jesus Christ. Unfulfilled marriages. And it's, you know, I have a whole list of, Josh McDowell has a whole bunch of statistics about this whole thing. I'm not even going to take time uh, to go there tonight. But I want to encourage us. There is hope in Jesus Christ for any addiction. It doesn't matter what we're addicted to. I'll, I'll, I'll say it again. Food. I mean, we, we don't like to talk about being addicted to food, do we? We just make more of it. <laughs> I mean, aren't we blessed? I mean, we, but, but think about it. It's, it, it, it can become a, a go-to man. We're quick to criticize a smoker or a drinker, but a gluttony? Somebody told me one time, he, he said, you ought to preach a message on gluttony. I said, man, i got to conquer it first. He said, well, you have everything conquered that you preach on? Hello. <laughs> you often preach on what you're going through and what God is doing in your own heart. Yeah. But think about it. We don't hear much about gluttony, do we? But these go-to mechanisms, let Jesus bring healing to the deeper things of the heart. And then you watch this other stuff fall by the wayside. Oh, help me, Jesus. Let's go on here tonight. Several verses in Psalm 17, verse 12. Like as a lion that is greedy of his prey, and as it were a, long, a young lion lurking in secret places. There are the words again. You know, I, I, when, I, when I read this verse, I think of this so often. You know, we've been to the jungles of Africa or on the safaris, or, or maybe you've watched the National Geographical movie, Geographic movie, and, and when, you, when you see a lioness, and they are scouting out the land for their next meal... They might see a little gazelle way up there in the distance. They're hiding behind the bushes, and you're not going to see a gazelle just come out and, and, or a, a lioness just come out and say, hey, gazelle, just so you know, I'm going to get you. That's, that's not how they do. They do very secretive. Like, they don't, because if they reveal themselves, it's going to mess up their next move. And that's what we often do when we find ourselves trapped in the secret place of of, of, of bondage, of habit, or of, of uh, stronghold, whatever. We do everything we can to protect it because if we are exposed, it'll mess up our next move. We're going to read Scripture later about bringing it to the light. But let's move on here tonight. Who, moreover, by them, the psalmist said, by them, thy servant is warned. And in keeping of them, there's great reward. Who can understand his errors? Cleanse thou me, the psalmist said. Cleanse thou me from secret faults, Psalm 19. And then in Proverbs 9, verse 17 and 18, Sterling waters are sweet, bread eaten in secret. There's the word again. Bread eaten in secret is pleasant, but he knoweth not that the dead are there and that our guests are in the depth of hell. The eyes of the Lord are in every place, beholding the evil and the good, Proverbs 15, verse 3. And have no, here it is. And have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather reprove. Another translation would use the word expose. Bring it to the light and let Jesus heal. The man that was telling me last night, I had the secrets between him and his wife. He said the Lord just brought him to that place where he sat down with another brother and he just spilled it out. First he revealed it to God, but he just spilled it out. 
and he got set free by the power of God. Have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather reprove them. Last weekend, my wife and I were part of a marriage conference, 24 couples that we were together and just having a wonderful time together. We were helping facilitate it, but one of, one of, the, one of the couples, we had them share Sunday morning. We were sharing together, and while the husband just got up, and he said, man, he said, or couples, it was all couples there, he said, just have no secrets between you and your wife. No secrets. I want to ask us tonight. This is not a marriage or family sermon tonight. But I want to ask us, husbands, are there any secrets that your wife doesn't know about? Wife? Any secrets your husband doesn't know about? Now, I'm not talking about stopping today at the 7-Eleven and getting a Snickers candy bar. <laughs> I mean, you should probably tell her if you know. I'm just kidding. But you know what I mean. It, it, it's a lot deeper than that. It's it's a lot deeper than that. I want us to think about it. I want us to think about it. You want your marriage to be in oneness? No secrets. Expose it. Bring it to the light. Have no fellowship with the un that Now, you watch that. You watch that marriage bloom? And then you bring that marriage and you have children? You watch that family bloom? You bring that family into a church? You watch that church bloom? And you watch that go into a community? Wow. It starts with you. It starts with you. And you. And you. And you. As an individual. Do I have any secret sins anywhere? Jesus, Paul said to the church, have no fellowship with the unfruitful work, but rather just bring it to the light. Jesus wants it. He died for it. He wants it. But it's our choice whether we give it or not. Wow. For in the time of trouble, now, now, now we're shifting gears. We're going to get from the negative to the positive, and we're going we're to ease into this positive secret place. For in time of trouble, the psalmist said, he shall hide me in his pavilion in the secret of his tabernacle shall he hide me. He shall set me upon a rock. Then Psalm 25, verse 14, the secret of the Lord is with them that fear Him, and He will show them His covenant. Hallelujah. Psalm 91, verse 1, we could probably all quote it. He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. Can we all read that out loud together tonight, shall we? He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. Isn't that where we want to be? Now, brother, we could close our Bibles and say, go home and dwell in the secret place of the Most High, but how do I do it? I am so grateful tonight. I am so grateful tonight. A Bible verse that has revolutionized my life, at times wrecked my life, but empowered my life. And when I say wrecked my life, in a good way, in a good way. And we're going to spend most of the rest of our time tonight on this verse. Matthew chapter 6, verse 6, and I want to just read it here tonight. And this is Jesus' teaching, and this is the second secret place we are going to zero in on, and we are going to harp on it. As long as the Lord gives me energy to do it tonight. Somebody asked me last night if I used all my energy in the first night. I said, well, I hope not. <laughs> or it was something like that. But Matthew chapter 6, verse 6. Here Jesus was teaching on praying. This is what he said. But thou, when thou prayest, you enter into your closet and when thou hast shut the door, you pray to thy Father, which is in secret. And thy Father, which seeth in secret, shall reward thee openly. Now, I do not consider myself a teacher. Like, you know, I, I, I marvel like where a person with the gift of teaching can, can just take one verse and preach on it for one whole hour. Like, I, I, I tend to just jump around and go to this verse and go to that verse. But I, 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 do, I, I do feel the Lord is asking me to break this down a bit tonight. Just 
phrase or word by word in this because it is, it is so life-changing. First of all, so in, in verse 5, Jesus was saying, when you pray, thou shalt not be as the hypocrites are, for they, they love to pray standing in the synagogues, in the corners of the streets, that they may be seen of man. Verily I say unto you, you know, they have their reward, but you, but thou. When you pray, the first thing I see, at least in the way that the King James Version uses it, and I use other translations as well, but it says, but thou, when thou prayest, that tells me it's not if you pray, it's when you pray. So for the child of God, it's not if we pray, it's when we pray. So according to this, Jesus, I believe, is saying we ought to be people that pray. We ought to be people that pray. What is praying? I remember so well when I, when I, when I got saved. One of the first Wednesday evening prayer meetings I went to. I, did, I had never prayed without a book before I got saved. Like I, 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 I had no idea what it was like to just to pray in the Spirit. I didn't know what it was like. I got the church. I was nervous because we would, back then, uh, this was in, in 90, 1991, uh, we would gather collectively and then we would, we would have a little time all together and, and then we would branch off into prayer groups. Well, apparently, the, thank God for, for brothers in the Lord, uh, when, I, when we got into the foyer, a dear friend, he came up to me and he said, tonight when, when they um, dismissed to pray, um, I, I just feel like maybe you and I should just, just the two of us go pray. I would imagine, I didn't ask him, but I, I really think he was feeling for me. And I said, that would be wonderful, brother. We went to this little room, just the two of us, and, and, and he, 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 was, he was sharing with me. He said, now, now I know this is new for you, and I just want to encourage you. He was kind of like, you know, so can, can you talk? Can you? I said, yeah, yeah, I can talk. I mean, he knew I could. I don't know how people pick that up, but it's just the way it is. I, he said, can, can you talk? I said, yeah, yeah, I, I, I can talk. He said, well, you, you, you just talk to God the way you're talking to me. You just talk to God like that. And I'm like, really? But man, this is now 30-some years later. I love to talk to God. I love to talk to God. In the Spirit, in the Spirit, Jesus said, when you pray. I sense the holy presence of God in this place. It's quiet. I love it. Holy Spirit is speaking to us. I sense it. What is it like when you talk to God? What is it like when you pray? Do you sense His Spirit? Do you sense His anointing? Or do we do it like Jesus said not to? I want to be seen of men. Long prayers, high fluting, making a scene. I have the privilege of praying with many pastors over the years. I love to hear people pray. Can I say this? You can tell when people pray whether they're used to getting a hold of heaven or just praying. Is that too blunt? Think about it. We can train ourselves and we can go through the motions of praying, even discipline ourselves to do it. But I want to encourage us tonight, pray in the Spirit. I often get called into situations and, and I, you, know, you don't know, hey, could you pray for this situation? And often just under my breath, before I get, get in, I said, Lord, just give me the words to pray. I want to tune in with you. I want to tune in with you. Love when that happens. And you begin to pray exactly what's going on in that person's heart. Because the Spirit knows and we don't. But the Spirit in us, we pray in the Spirit. But tonight, I'm not talking about corporate praying here. We're zeroing in on us individuals here tonight. Let's go on. Jesus said, but thou, when thou prayest, you enter into thy closet. What does that mean? You enter into your closet. You know, Myron, I don't know if, I, I don't think that means for your wife, Julie, to just remove all those shoes that she has. 
or any lady for that matter, or any man for that matter. You know, now, if, if, if that is your place, hey, how many of you have watched the War Room movie? Oh, my dear Lord. I'm telling you. I know how many years ago it's been now. But I remember when I, I, I call these uh, Kendrick brothers, I, I, I call them the Georgia boys. They're not that far from where we live. But I, I, I just call them the Georgia boys. And, and, and whenever I hear that another movie is coming out, I, I am like, because, man, I, I have watched their trailers. I've watched their backstories. I've, and, and, and when you hear their testimonies, uh, the, the things they go through to put one of these movies together, the prayer that goes into it, the warfare that goes into it, the battle that goes into it, but the victory in Jesus Christ, when I hear that, I know this is going to be powerful stuff. When I, I said, I wonder what war room, I wonder what they're demonstrating, I wonder what they're illustrating, I wonder what they're, what they're trying to do, and I, and I came across the trailer, I clicked on it, and, and, and the first thing that, well, the first thing that popped up is Matthew 6, verse 6, and I'm like, are you kidding me? I about had one of those, what do you call them, Pentecostal fits or something. <laughs> it was like, yes, that actually Matthew 6, verse 6 is going to big screen, Hallelujah! And War Room, the battle that goes on in this secret place. But in that movie, where I was going with this, in that movie, this lady, if you watched it, you remember, she literally cleaned out her literal closet. And that is where she prayed. In fact, the illustration was when they sold the house and the real estate agent came through and the potential buyers, they sensed the presence of God in this room. What's going on in this room? Ooh, my. Glory to God. Glory to God. I know that was a movie, but it illustrated it very well. Enter into your closet. Other translations would use inner chamber, inner room. And the reason I believe this is talking about an isolated place is because it says, and when you have shut the door. I know that can mean spiritually, but I also want to take it literally. Get to a place where you can lock in with Jesus. I know the Bible says you are to pray without ceasing. You can be praying driving down the road. Hallelujah, I do a lot of that. You can be praying when you're going on a walk, on a bicycle, on a, on, on, while you're cooking, while you're putting two-by-fours together, while you're mowing grass. When you, 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 can, you can be in the spirit of prayer all the time, anytime I'm not diminishing that. But I believe this is another level of praying right here. That I wonder how many of us really know a lot about. And I'm including myself in that. I'm not saying you. I'm including myself in that. To lock in with Jesus in the secret place where I just worship Him. Everything else is on the back burner. Including this. Anybody know what this is? Oh, you got the flip phone. Well, either way, it's a phone, right? You know what? This second secret place is what's going to empower us to escape the first secret place. You know, you could never draw up enough rules Technology is so fast moving, you could never draw up, you, you couldn't have a book thick enough to draw up enough rules to overcome the temptation of these things. Because a rule you'd make in the morning could be outdated by night. So what does it take? Nothing more than the power of the Holy Ghost in us. The power of the Holy Ghost. And, and the way the power of the Spirit of God is built up, our inner man is strengthened day by day, is finding a secret place where we lock in with Jesus, where nobody else is around. This even calls, I, I'm a firm believer in praying with your husband, praying with your wife, and praying as couples. But this even calls, in fact, my wife and I, we, 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 we often, we, we have, when we're at home, we often sit together and we're reading and then we, we, we go to our separate places of worship. I go out, our bus is parked right outside our house. I go out in the bus and she goes in our bedroom. Those are our two main secret places. Now, when you're out, that's why I ask for a study camper here. 
It's one of the main reasons. It's, it's, not, it's not so much that I could do, but it, it's, it's a place where I'm all alone in there. I can tune into heaven. No distractions. Because if that is not in place, we can go through the motions of these meetings. I want a fresh anointing. Fresh wind. Fresh fire. Worship Him. Worship Him. And if you need to, I brought something else up here tonight. Anybody know what these are? Earmuffs. A little more than that. They can serve for that. But they are headphones. The reason I bring these up here. Some time ago, I've used all kinds of earbuds and different things. And even when they're called noise cancellation, some of them aren't real good at canceling the noise. Here a while back, my oldest son and I were going on an overnight trip somewhere. And I didn't have mine along. I said, hey, can I use your headphones? He said, sure. And I put them on. And I turned them on. And I mean, it completely blocked out any noise outside of me. And I was like, man, I need a set of these. He gave me the model number. And I went online and looked. And when I saw the cost, I realized why I didn't have one. <laughs> but I said, Lord, you're going to provide. I know you will. And I ordered me a pair. And I used these. Even in my study camper, sometimes you hear outside stuff. I just, tonight, right after supper, I was like, Lord, I just need to get before you. I came over here, and I have certain worship music that I love to listen to. I love when it's live. But I put these on. I heard nothing else but that music. And God used that. To just draw me to a throne room. I'm in my secret place. Actually, I would have rather just stayed there. Don't you wish sometimes you could just stay there? But there's other duties and demands, I understand. But so many of us, we pray on the run rather than running to prayer. We can pray when we're driving. Folks, I'm speaking to my own heart. You know, one of my greatest competitors for what I'm preaching to you all about tonight, one of my greatest competitors in finding a secret place of worship or taking the time to do it is what I'm doing right now. And even other good things. We're involved, I mean, even at the... You know, good things, ministry things, phone calls, encouraging people, ministering to people on the phone, praying for people on the phone, carrying out responsibilities, scheduling, all, all these things, planning trips, planning tours, all these kind good things, good things. But that shouldn't replace this secret place. When was the last time? When was the last time? that I had a secret place that I locked in with Jesus, nobody else around. You say, well, my house isn't big enough, and I don't have any other place to go. I understand. I understand. Maybe, at times, you need to hop in your vehicle. Drive down the road and park. For this kind of praying, you can pray on the way, but for this kind of praying, stop. Because if you're praying when you're driving, praying while you're cooking, praying while you're working, you have to subconsciously be thinking about what else is going on. Because if you don't, you might end up in a place you don't want to end up in. But this kind of praying, and again, there's nothing wrong with that, but this kind of praying, lock in, lock in. Jesus, I'm coming to you. I believe it thrills the heart of God. I wonder sometimes, Pastor Myron and Brother Evans, Nelson, what would happen before every leadership meeting at a church, committee meeting at church, counselor training meetings, can I use that tonight, whatever, any kind of administrative meeting, if every individual would be locked in, in the secret place before Almighty God, before that meeting. 
What would that be like? What would that be like? Well, we're at that place going into a meeting, not my will, but your will be done, Father. And when something doesn't go my way, my, even in fact, my wife and I, we sometimes challenge each other about uh, if, if, you know, if she gets a little bit cranky or I get a little bit cranky, it's mostly her, but sometimes I get it. Sorry. I repent. I repent. Sorry. She's back there smiling. She's back there smiling. But there, there are times when we'll, just, we'll ask each other, how's, how's your closet life? You know, because I, if I don't have this, I, I get cranky pretty easy. It, it affects my marriage. It affects my uh, family, my, my leadership, my, my uh, father role. It, it affects my relationship with the coworkers. It, it affects everything. Do you ever, uh, I've said this. Yeah, I'll say it. I believe it would be good for every Christian to have at least one person in their life they have a hard time getting along with. Because have you ever noticed you have a hard time with a relationship? And you go into this secret place and you bombard the throne of grace. How different that situation looks when you come away from that than it did before. I used an illustration some years ago. I honestly don't remember where it was or who it was, but when I said, you know, I, I think it'd be good if a person would have at least one person in their life, and a dear brother came up to me afterwards. He said, you know that thing you said about having one person in, their, in your life that, that, that you have a hard time getting along with? He said, I wish there was only one. <laughs> mm, Lord, help us all. Lord, help us all. But I know we need to move on. I long to see the day where everybody in the body of Christ will live this life, where we lock into the closet, we shut the door, we pray, we worship. And I'm trying to learn in this closet where, where there's times when I don't ask the Lord for anything. But I just worship Him. I just worship Him. Worship Him. Lord, I thank You that You've died for me. I thank You that You gave Your life. Uh, you wouldn't have had to, but You chose. They didn't take Your life, but Lord, You gave it. God so loved the world that He gave. Thank You, Lord. Thank You, Father. Thank You for who You are. Thank You for the Holy Spirit. Lord, I just, I worship You. Thank You for the anointing. And just worship Him. There's times when I intercede for people. There's times when I pray about situations. Pray for my family, my wife, my children. Pray for situations, sure. But then there's times where you just, you just worship. Sometimes face down on the floor, just, just worship. Sometimes knees, hands up. Sometimes walking, pacing, just worship. Worship. Nobody's around. Nobody knows. Nobody sees. But Jesus. But Jesus. Wouldn't I rather have this secret place than the first secret place? In order to not feel trapped in the first secret place, maybe we would be wise to establish the second one or renew it. In fact, can I be this honest with you? Just a few weeks ago, a young man, he's on our leadership team, he's in an apprenticeship role in training. We had him preach at our home church. Preached a powerful message. And it was along these lines, actually. And he didn't really give an altar call. He just kind of prayed in closing. And in my heart, I just, I wanted to go up there and just, because it, it spoke to my heart. I needed refreshing. And before I knew it, several of us felt the same thing, including our lead pastor. Both me and him, and I know who else, ended up at the altar. Just, Lord, would you renew this in my heart? I need it. I need it. When was the last time I locked in? I long to see the day where every believer establishes this closet life. Establishes this closet life. I long to see the day. Long to see the day. Did you ever leave your church on a Sunday morning and say, 
That was a boring service. Don't raise your hand. Your pastor might be looking. <laughs> but think about it. And we start having the pastor over lunch. We start blaming everybody else. But who makes up the body of Christ? All of us, right? All of us. Could it be that if we leave our church on Sunday morning feeling like that was a boring service, could it be a reflection of my life, my worship life, Monday through Saturday? Because we make up the body of Christ. I long to see the day where every born-again child of God establishes this secret place, locks in, shuts the door, and has a time of worship where, where Sunday morning rolls around and we come to church now. So we're, we're all alone. We're in worship. God is ministering to us. We're repenting. We're, we're, we're rejoicing. We're worshiping. We're, we're sensing the Spirit of God. We're feeling the presence of God. Now all of a sudden on Sunday morning, that is multiplied times 200 or 400 or 500 or 50 or however many in the congregation. Can you imagine? Can you imagine? How this would change the atmosphere and the culture of our church. But if we come to church on Sunday morning with the attitude of, well, I better receive. Man, that pastor has better been studied up. He better feed me. So many come to church on Sunday morning with the attitude of receiving rather than giving back to God. And I'm not just talking finances here. I'm talking our life, our worship back. I long to see the day where every individual has this closet life. We're so full of the Holy Ghost. When we, when we come on Sunday morning together, the worship songs uh, start out. And I mean, I mean we, we, we just can't hardly contain it. And the pastor gets up. He opens the Word of God. He starts preaching. And we're, we're just there in tune with God like, yes, hallelujah, amen. And it's not how loud we say it, how often we say it. But in our spirit, we feel this connection rather than... Boy, it's been dry all week, so man, I better be fed this morning. And we separate the weekdays from Sunday. I long to see the day. Wow, that would change our atmosphere, our culture, would it not? Lord, help us. Um, as we draw to a close, I remember a few years ago at tent meetings, a newly ordained minister came up to me and he said, what advice would you give me as I begin my ministry? Without even praying, without even any hesitation, I immediately told him, Matthew 6, verse 6, establish this in your life. Where God really birthed this verse was back in the early 2000s, some of the most difficult times in ministry, where many mornings on my office floor, face down before God, just worshiping Him, came so close to running, not from God, but from the situation. But I thank God today for His Spirit teaching me about this. Here we are 20 years later. I'm still learning how to pray this way. Because then He goes on to say, Pray to your Father which is in secret. Thy Father which seeth in secret shall reward thee openly. And this is the comment you were referring to earlier. We are only as effective in public as we worship and pray in private. The invitation tonight in just a little bit is going to be, Lord, help me to establish the secret place, the second secret place. Help me to establish it in my life. If you've had it and don't currently have it, Lord, would you renew it like I often need to do. Lord, renew it in my heart. Renew it in my heart. And if you're here tonight, you've established it, which I believe many of you have, and you're in that prayer closet and you're worshiping Him. I, I wouldn't be honest if I would tell you just every day, this is, schedules are demanding, all these kind of things. But I want us to think about it tonight. Lord, help me to establish it, or Lord, help me to renew it. And you watch what God will do with that life. I want to close with this. A pastor friend by the name of Pastor Ben some years ago
Nelson and Sarah, Ruth Ann and I, and another couple were over in Kenya doing prison after prison. It's one prison service. God just moved in a marvelous way. At the end of the service, I remember asking Pastor Ben, we were getting to know him and he was getting to know us, and I asked him to come up to pray in closing prayer. He grabbed the microphone and he began to pray. He's in a suit and tie. This is out in the hot sun, dirt floor. All of a sudden, he's down on his knees. He's praying. Only thing that's separating the dirt in his nose was the microphone. Sweat rolling down his face. I remember I just began to weep. I looked to the back where people were sitting and handkerchiefs were being pulled out. Tears were being wiped. The manifest presence of God was released in that place. And it was one of those services where you drove away from and you were just like, what just happened there? I did not ask him, but I am convinced without a shadow of a doubt that man had a secret place of praying because that day God was rewarding him openly. And he was hosting the presence of God. People became broken in his presence. My heart tonight is... Jesus, would you teach us through the Holy Spirit what it's like to have this closet life, this second secret place where we lock in with you. So if we've not really had it, Lord, would you help me to establish it? Secondly, if we've had it but we've drifted away, Jesus, would you help me to renew it if we want to keep revival happening and walk in the power and the anointing of the Holy Spirit? Can we stand together tonight? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I want us just to come to prayer tonight. Just mind the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, in this place tonight, I thank you for these dear people. I thank you for every individual under this tent tonight. Father, I thank you for the powerful verse of Matthew 6, verse 6, that Jesus spoke. And I just pray that, Lord, you would even renew this once again in my own heart. Well, I don't become so busy even in good things. But, Lord, tonight I pray that you would draw us, that you would draw us to yourself. To Lord, we would just humbly come before you and say, oh, God, would you, would you help me to establish this? Would you, would you renew it in my heart? Would you just do a new thing, oh, God? I'm just coming to surrender. To say, yes, do it, Lord. Maybe we feel trapped. Maybe we feel ashamed. Maybe we feel like we could never be free or we could never rejoice or we could never have what he has or we could never have what they have or whatever. But we would just humbly come and say, Jesus, teach me. Teach me how to do this tonight. I want to establish this. Lord, would you renew it in my heart, whichever. So as we allow the Holy Spirit to draw us, I'm going to ask you, if that's your heart tonight, would you just step out and come?